Well, welcome back, everyone, for another fun podcast with Rolex Whiskey and the passion around whiskey and spirits. And I'm so excited for today's guest. Him and I started uh, chatting, I mean, almost a year and a half ago. And we work together and we have fun together. And I can't wait. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Sam, if you don't mind. And then I got some fun questions for you. Awesome, man. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you for setting this up. My name is Sam Fallick. I'm the co-founder and president of Block Bar. Ah, the future. The happy <laughs> place for me where I don't have to store whiskey bottles in my house or deal with any of the transactions if I choose to sell them. Sam, rewind back for me when you first got into whiskey, I mean, or luxury spirits. Like, What was that moment for you where you're like, I like this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, I just think that it's one of the coolest asset classes that you can invest or collect hands down without saying no background. But uh, what really brought me a lot a lot into this world was my family's background. My family's in the duty-free industry. Um, so they've been in the industry for a while. And my older cousin, Dove, who's my co-founder, has been working on the spirit side of the business for a little over 10 years. Uh, so I would say that he really had the background in the whiskey and the spirits, spirits and wine side. Uh, and then I kind of had this fascination with Web3, crypto, blockchain. Uh, and at, and the more and more we talked about it and we're trying to figure out a use case for ourselves, that's how we stumbled upon the idea to create BlockBar. But for you, as far as like whiskey and with your family's background, was whiskey something that was in your life the whole time? I wouldn't say only whiskey, but high-end luxury spirits and wine. Spirits. Yeah, luxury, luxury spirits and wine have always been... Uh, integrated in my family in some kind. Uh, we own a boutique winery in Israel, which is really cool. I got to send you a bottle, Gavin. Uh, oh, and then my dad has always my dad has always been a massive collector. I got to send you a picture of the bar that he has in his house. <laughs> so it's definitely something that I was always exposed to. But okay. like a bunch of people my age, I would think I would say that most young people in their early twenties aren't necessarily interested in the collection aspect of premium wine. No, and I and I'm looking and I'm looking for more like just the the drinking of it. Like we'll get to the collecting and the investing side, but you grow up, you have fine spirits around, you, you taste something that's good and you know that that's good or you just like, hey, I'm only really drinking good to be honest. So I wouldn't even know what bad tastes like. No, when I was younger, I would say that I didn't necessarily know the difference between, I probably knew the difference between good and bad. I didn't know the difference between average and excellent. Uh, I think it's more of an acquired taste, taste that I've acquired as I've grown a little bit older. And what was, and when you say excellence, you know, I, I know we spoke briefly about this before, but what would you say was like, what's the, one of the most amazing whiskeys you've had to drink so far? Uh, the most amazing whiskey that I've had to drink so far was the uh, Glenfiddich 1973 Armagnac cast that I actually tried uh, before we released it publicly on Block Bar. Uh, and I remember sipping it with Dove, my co-founder, while we were there doing the tasting, being like, shit, I, I really do taste the difference with this. This is this is different. This hits different. You know what I mean? Oh, they make some beautiful, their older stuff. I mean, especially some of the events I go to and they have like the secret bottle under the table. It's pretty spectacular. Okay, so now we're going to jump into, into block bars. So you and Dolph kind of, you know, you're on the Web3 side. He's on the whiskey side. You obviously both have the background. Um, you're going back and forth and you're like, hey, now's the time. And we want to, we're going to go. And our priority is, I would imagine, to be the 
place to go to do this. Like I, I look at the perfection of everything that we release on Block Bar and everything that we do. And it's, it's the place. I, I can't imagine it was ever like, hey, we want to be one of many. We want to be the place. Like, how does that go between you two guys? Yeah. First of all, you're 100% right. We, we, we could touch upon that once, once we get to it. But in terms of the inception, uh, it was during COVID. I just started doing research on Web3, blockchain, everything that, that had to do with crypto. I wrote a paper on it for law school, actually. And then I remember just trying to understand exactly what was going on within this whole space as it was blowing up. I knew that it was prone to blow up. I would blow up my family's uh, group chats all the time, spamming them with a bunch of different things that I thought were happening that were cool. And then I flew out to go see Dove and his dad in Panama at the time. And I was trying to explain to them NBA Top Shot and kind of the phenomena behind NFTs. And at the beginning, as you know, when many people hear about NFTs, they reacted the same way where it was just they looked at me like I was insane. They didn't understand what I was saying. They thought I was going to get burned on everything that I was buying. Uh, and then I think over time, as the market matured a little bit more and the landscape was kind of building out, they understood the use case. So that was when I started talking to Dove and saying, look, I think that there's an opportunity here with NFTs. I don't know exactly what it is. We have relationships within fashion, fragrances, wines and spirits. Like what is, what is what is the look here that we should go for? And I actually started something to do with fashion and with fragrances. And that was when Dolph stepped in and was like, listen, I have experience with this wines and spirits world. I could dive into a little bit to his background if you want to. But I think that there's a play here. I think that we launch NFTs in partnership directly with these luxury brands and we solve an actual problem for these brands and for consumers, nothing gimmicky, no money grab, like a real sustainable business model that solves problems. The more I did research, the more it just clicked. And Gavin, I'm sure it's the same way with you. Once you are introduced and understand to the way that BlockBar works, it's almost a no brainer. And that was when we decided to build this company. And also like, you, like we were talking about earlier, the goal of this company is to be the the go-to place for premium wines and spirits globally. Anyone, anywhere who has access to the internet should be able to access the luxury side of wines and spirits, whether it's for collecting, investing, or gifting. 100%. And I think that, you know, I look at the platform and I obviously, as an investor, as a collector, as a believer in the whole blockchain, crypto, and all that kind of stuff, I think that your guys you had a little bit of a, a leap ahead of everybody because of the the duty free system where yeah, you of kind course. of already knew that you knew that uh, distilleries can work directly and don't have to go through all these crazy systems. You know, there is an option and then pitching it. I mean, I think some of our most exciting conversations that we've had with some of these brands, you know, when we've talked to them is like, like this is a whole nother revenue channel for a distillery. You know, yeah, never did they 100%. ever think that they could go direct to consumer. Like they, you didn't even have to get on a plane and go to the distillery to buy. You can just buy it from us. And when you buy it from us on Block Bar, we handle everything. I think that's, you know, the, the, the total package is the part that we're continually educating people on. Because like you said a few minutes ago, they just get stuck on the word NFT. Exactly. <laughs> they just exactly. they they can't get they can't get further. They're like you ever they're like, well, I, I, is it a really a bottle? Yeah. When you go to a store and buy a bottle, they give you a receipt. Or if yes, you order exactly. something online, you get a receipt. That's an NFT. When the bottle yeah, is delivered, the receipt is no longer void. The, the receipt is voided when the bottle gets delivered. If it's not exactly. and it's in the space, it's still 
hasn't been received, it's yours. You can do what you want and your system offers the ability to trade. I mean, I get so many offers on the Ardbeg release that we did like almost every other day, the Glenfiddich. And, you know, for me, this is the best place for me to put the product and it continues to grow. I mean, how many whiskey releases? I mean, I was on a call last week for the one year anniversary. Um, I mean, what is like $6 million year to date, uh, a couple of dozen releases. I mean, it's pretty wild what you guys have done in a year. Yeah, well, it's not just us, Gavin. I mean, you've played a big role in it, too. Our whole team has played a big role in it. And like you said, it really does unlock this entirely new revenue stream for distilleries, both because they get a percentage of the secondary sales and also because it allows them to sell futures. But I would say that the main reason that the brands have been interested in in onboarding onto BlockBar is because it solves issues for their current demographic, for their current collectors like you. It reaches an entirely new demographic, and it doesn't cannibalize any of the channels of their existing business. So it really is about expanding the piece of that pie. And and just, you know, to, so here I am, you know, I've been a whiskey investor for a while right now. If I wanted to get a highly sought after bottle from a liquor store, I would first have to really work hard to establish that relationship because I'm not the only one that's coming and asking for that bottle. Secondly, that store would have to buy an ungodly amount of random vodkas, champagnes, yeah. gins, and, and CRAP that they don't even want to get that allocated bottle. And then they even have to charge a significantly over retail to cover the cost that they're carrying by having to buy all the other stuff that doesn't sell as fast as this one luxury bottle. So here you come along and be like, hey, distillery, like we can just go direct to the customer. And we get to educate them, like the education that comes and the knowledge and the access to that. I mean, we, we do experiences where, you know, you come out to the distillery. I, I think we're on like our sixth or seventh experience now that's been selling with the block bar releases that we've done. So it's a totally different channel. And to me, I look at it as the future, which is obviously why I'm heavily invested and, and I love working with you guys and the whole team. And I look at like in the future, this is just why would this not be the way to do it for the rare stuff? Because when I was yeah, at Buffalo exactly. Trace a few weeks ago, I mean, we did we did those six liter OFC um, in crystal decanters for charity, and they went for about $55,000 each, roughly. And when I was at Buffalo Trace two weeks ago, I was with Harlan, who we did a lot of talks with, and he was just like blown away. And we were going through the numbers. I'm like, why would you sell your vintage whiskey to a distributor for one twentieth of its final sale value. Because by the time everyone's taken their piece of the pie, and then it's because it's highly sought after, it's so rapidly out of the gate, it's like 20X. Whereas if you work with us, like you're saying, it's like you get closer to, you're lucky if secondary is gonna be 1.5X at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so the distillery it, gets to really, changes their bottom line. Yeah, it's also for the distilleries, but also for the customers, because it's just providing a, a level of transparency in what's otherwise been a kind of opaque business. Like you were saying, you it always comes down to relationship-based. And for us, the way that we look at it is anyone anywhere should be able to gain access to these premium bottles. Like you were saying, there are certain people who live in certain jurisdictions that are unable to import that product, uh, but yeah. that shouldn't stop them from having the ability to own that product. Uh, and that's kind of what BlockBar is about. It's about transferring ownership instantly and then having delivery on demand. 
But it's a global. It's it's global. It doesn't matter. It's kind of like what I've built with Rolex whiskey. I have a following of global whiskey lovers. They're not like American whiskey lovers or you know, guys in in Britain whiskey. Lovers. They're global. And with Block Bar, we have the same thing. It doesn't matter where you are. You're going to get access to this. I think the the biggest, biggest, biggest um, benefit as well for these luxury spirits is the authenticity. Because I think a lot of people just don't realize how much fake whiskey there is out there of stuff like if you go on eBay and Google some and, and search some of luxury whiskeys, you'll see empty bottles. And yeah. then people will buy those empty bottles and literally put something that looks similar in there because of the stage of whiskey collection. They know that the person is probably not going to open it and try it. And they will invest a lot of time to turn their little hundred dollar empty bottle into a $5,000 bottle of, of crap. And with yeah, Blockbar, there's none of that. None yeah, of that. and that's exactly why all of the products on Blockbar and a huge difference maker for customers to have that level of transparency is the fact that we only work directly with luxury brands. So all like like we were talking about, all of the products on our website are sold in partnership w- directly with these brands. So it a consumer has never even touched the product. So you never really have to worry about authenticity of the product because ownership can transfer an infinite number of times, but the physical product hasn't left the facility. And another great example of what you're saying, Gavin, is Dove always says that uh, it, through his experience, he was running a McAllen boutique in JFK airport, which is the only McAllen boutique in the United mm-hmm. States. I think, I think in the Western hemisphere. And whenever we would get product to that McAllen boutique, we would have a bunch of people call in and try and pre-order the way it works in duty free. You can't necessarily pre-order. And also these people at some point would have to fly into JFK airport to get these exclusive products. So there was a few instances where people booked flights to go into the airport to buy the bottle and then fly home. That was it. They just came in. I mean, we were doing that with Japanese whiskey years ago when Narita would have those rare Hibikis and Centauris. It was no problem. You fly in, you grab two bottles at $2,200 each. You leave there, they're each worth five grand. And you're like, dude, my trip cost a thousand bucks. It's a no brainer. Yeah, you know, I've already, I've already doubled my money. Go up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you when know, we looked and, at that, and I'm sure you you have the same experience, it's just like, there has to be a better way to do this. There has to be a more oh, efficient yeah. way to do this for everybody where all parties benefit. But let me add another thing. Not only is that an inefficient and it was like silly to think that we would do that, but also the risk of damage in your suitcase to the bottle was pretty high as well. So like you, you would do all of that hard work and then you have no idea how the guy in the, in, underneath the plane is going to throw your suitcase around. Yeah, it's <laughs> so scary. Now you've got like scary. a whole different thing. So, I, I, and then I look at the other side of it is, you know, I, I guess let's go through the process for, you know, you you come onto the platform, you join Blockbar, uh, you, can pay, you can pay in credit cards, bank wires, crypto, Ethereum, you know, pay anyway. And then once you buy that bottle, it's then blo- it's then ledgered to you, and then those bottles are actually stored in Singapore. You want to tell me like a little bit about that process, like how the distilleries work with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, part of the reason we chose Singapore was because we knew that we were going to be dealing with extremely rare premium bottles. Uh, and for us, we needed to store it in a facility that could, one, take care of it, and also, two, that we could insure it. Uh, so Singapore, by many people in the storage or the insurance industry will tell you is the safest place in the entire world to store premium products just because of the laws and regulations that they have. And also we found a state-of-the-art facility that has experience with dealing with these sorts of products. 
So for us, we didn't want to take any chances. We wanted to put it in the safest, most secure place in the entire world that has experience with dealing with this. Uh, we have videos on our website of what the storage facility looks like, but you know, it has the works, 24 hour security, uh, temperature controlled. It, it looks like a Bond villain facility. Well, and that's what it should be. I mean, I, I look at, you know, I got 700 bottles in my personal residence with a freaking, you know, a large insurance rider and I hate having them here. So I love when I get to buy bottles on Block Bar and I'm doing it, you know, I'm, in, you know, everyone knows me. I'm 100% an investor. Of course, I love drinking. I have plenty of open bottles, but I'm primarily an investor. This is the kids college fund and I've got about nine years left on it. So the fact that when I look at my Block Bar collection and it's sitting somewhere else that I don't have to worry about, it's like, whew, I need more bottles on Block Bar. Like, how do I get more bottles on there? And then, you know, the, the other cool thing is, like I was saying earlier, is that you have people, once you own that, they start making offers. So if you choose to transact that bottle, you never actually physically had to handle it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That, also, that, for people who are interested in, in investing or collecting, they shouldn't be burdened just because they don't have the ability to store it themselves. And also, if they are interested in saving it for a special occasion or in the investability of it, they sh probably shouldn't be storing that product in their house without any experience, Gavin, as, as you know. And then of ultimately, course. when you do come to that final stage, if you are drinking it or if you are reselling it, you're going to want to know that what you're drinking is in pristine condition and that it's authentic. And like you were saying, the cold, hard truth that the industry might dance around is it's nearly impossible for you to prove authenticity of huh. the liquid on the inside. <laughs> you could prove authenticity of the bottle and the label, but the liquid on the inside, sure. there's always going to be a question. A lot of drinkers don't know necessarily what it's supposed to taste like. Uh, and also you run the risk if you bought it on the secondary market that the person you bought it from stored it improperly. So it's just not worth all of those risks. And our goal really was to remove the barrier of entry and make it as easy as possible and really emphasize the aspect of it. Meaning this is about owning the product directly from the brand. You know it's authentic. You're not going to be burdened by importing it, regulations, storing it in your house where God knows what can happen to it, or if you move about transporting it. It's just about owning it, knowing that it's safe, and then you could gift it or redeem it and drink it knowing that it's the real thing and this is what it was supposed to taste like because it was stored properly by professionals. Direct from the distillery to Singapore. I mean, that's like, you know, that's it. That's it. It's clean. It's simple. It's professional. It's luxury. And, and I got to say, it's like, it's crazy to watch some of our releases, how quickly they sell out. It's interesting to watch because we're in this interesting cryptocurrency. You know, if I think when I started working with you guys, Ethereum was like at 3,500. Now it's down. And I tell people, well, you know, why wouldn't you switch a underappreciating current asset for a future appreciating asset? So rather than just sell your cryptocurrency, why wouldn't you use it on BlockBar to buy whiskey that continues to appreciate until you feel comfortable? And then you can switch it back into your other currency when you're done. It's like a no problem. Yeah, exactly. And also for people that are worried about the fluctuation, like you said, you could buy it in whatever currency you, you want, but also when you list it for sale, you could list it in whatever currency you want. So if you don't want to get burned because of the volatility, you could benchmark it in either USD or ETH, and you won't be affected mm -hmm. by the volatility as a seller. A buyer can come in and also pay with their, however they were, they choose to pay. So it, we try to make it as easy as possible for consumers all the way around. And like you were saying earlier, 
you don't have to have any knowledge about NFTs or Web3 or crypto. This is really about premium wines and spirits. The NFT is just the means of proving authenticity and ownership, like we were saying earlier. No, I, I, we're spot on. I totally agree with that point. Um, tell me a little bit more about what, what the future is looking like with adding more stuff onto Blockbar. Yeah, like as for far sure. as like, are you you know going down more luxury? I mean, we've done wines, we've done champagne, we're doing champagnes and cognacs. You know, what's that looking like? Yeah, I mean, of course, the biggest barrier for us at Blockbar was onboarding these legacy brands into the world of Web three, into this new era of e commerce. Uh, and I think that we've proven ourselves in our first year. So now it's really about expanding within each one of those portfolios and getting more brands within their portfolios, getting follow-on drops, and then really becoming part of the brand's innovation pipeline, where when they're planning products two, three years out, they're gonna set aside products for Asia, for the US, for travel retail, and we want them to set aside exclusive products for Blockbar as well. Uh, like we always describe it to them, we think that this is gonna be the next level, the new era of e-commerce, e-commerce 2.0, uh, dealing with wines and spirits. And our goal ultimately is to become the world's largest marketplace for premium wines and spirits, meaning we want our name, we want Blockbar to be synonymous with Uber premium, can't find anywhere else, money can't buy experiences directly from these luxury wines and spirits brands. And the goal, of course, the objective, as I was saying earlier, is to democratize access to premium uh, luxury goods globally. I keep saying it, but anyone anywhere with internet access should have equal access to getting these products have ownership immediately and not have to be burdened about re receiving that product instantly or having it shipped to them or dealing with any sort of regulatory hazard or, or any sort of middlemen for them to just be able to own it and have it delivered on demand or resell it, gift it, never have to worry about the product getting shipped to them where it could get lost, it could get broken or have to deal with any sort of restrictions on importing that product. Well, I mean, it's all, it's all seamless, it's clean. The interface is easy. Everything's easy. I, I I get blown away each time when I get to talk to you know the distillery people who are just like, and they they just can't believe that there's this whole new channel for them to talk to. And and you you talk to these like you know we, when we spoke to Stuart a few weeks ago with the Benriac forties that we did those dual. He's like, I haven't got this many emails ever 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 about a release. <laughs> he's like, because the people are like, whoa whoa wait wait I I can't get that through. Through my normal method, is this available? No, you go through Blockbar, and he's like, "Whoa!" Like we've never had people just chomping at the bit to be part of a rare whiskey release, like the release that we did with those two forty-year, you know, Ben Riets. So I look at that, and I'm like, "Man, you got this guy who's been, you know, you know, he's, he's not not young, not old, and he's blown away." And I'm like, "Man, if we can, if that person can get turned and see the potential here." Because a lot of the whiskey is an older generation, exactly. then the, the, the sky is the limit, you know. And, and I think of all the talks that we've had with these distillers, like, you know, even, you know, um, the gentleman from Glenfiddich, when we spoke to Stevie with Dalmore, he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, this is wild. Like, he's like, I get it, like, what you guys are doing. I get it. But I had no idea that the demand would be so fast. And people would come and, and, and just be like, how, 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 how do I get on? What do I do? Like, I'm. I don't want to miss out. Like the FOMO was so big. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think like you were saying, if we were able to explain it and hook these older people coming from the legacy brands, that's when you know that it's really a no brainer. I mean, the, the wine and spirits industry rarely innovates. They don't really have to, they sell, they're selling gold in a bottle basically. 
And it's something that most people enjoy, collect, invest, uh, gift. You know, it, it's such a personal experience that comes with each bottle, which each, with each product. And as the business has evolved, you're starting to see a lot of these different types of bottles with different aging or different experiences or, or different, you know, different experiments that these master distillers have done. Some of them have gone through multiple master distillers. Each bottle becomes its own story. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make it easier to tell that story and attract an entirely new audience who never even knew that this world existed. And I think not only that, you know, normally I walk into a store and I buy a luxury spirit and I, and I swipe my credit card and I walk out and maybe the guy says goodbye to me and maybe he doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it depends. Um, but with us, with these experiences, like when we did the Delmore cask, the first 10 people are going to have the ability to go out to the Delmore distillery and do a luxury tasting. With yeah, the they OFC did it. They did it. They, 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 oh, did they, did, oh, they did that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell me, tell me about that one. Like, tell me the experience that th those ten got to experience. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So Dalmore again. Uh, part of the issues that the brands have is they don't necessarily know who are the current and previous bottle owners of anything that they have because it goes to mm -hmm. distributors and then it goes to retailers and then from retailer to consumer. If that consumer resells it or gives it on, there's not a lot of interaction between brand and consumer. So one of the capabilities that block bar has is providing the brand with the wallet addresses of all current and previous bottle owners because that is completely public through the blockchain now it's up to the consumers if they want to reveal their name if they want to give their email address in order and opt in to get contacted directly from the brand but you know gavin as a whiskey connoisseur you always want to get contact directly of course that's, oh that's my god there's nothing better than getting that email hey we got something exactly. new coming out what's your address <laughs> exactly so so dalmore opened up its doors to its distillery um picked up everyone picked up the select uh owners from the airport brought them to the distillery had a private dinner by the chef that they have uh at the distillery and then they did a private tasting uh you know and that's just something even if you had all the money in the world i'm sure that you could figure out how to do it but it's just something that would otherwise be very difficult to figure out for all of the parties involved and here, i think even if you had all the money in the world yeah all the money in the world they don't that that communication is not open it's That's not like hey saying. i got a lot it, it of money becomes... i'd love to come by they're like yeah no we're cool thank you though yeah it so becomes, the, it the, the curation <laughs> it becomes difficult and this whole thing with web3 it is the creator economy so these brands as the creators of these fine spirits have the ability to open up their doors to their customers and then also the customers have the ability to opt in or remain anonymous but it gives both parties the ability to create that experience that otherwise wasn't necessarily there or available before. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, that to me, cause I'm so, I, I get so excited about the education side of it. Um, and, and the firsthand knowledge, people ask me, why do you invest in certain brands? And I say, because those brands have taken time out of their day to tell me about the integrity of what they do and how they do it. So I choose yeah. to invest in what I know rather than like, oh, it's some like this hype thing that's coming and going. I have no idea. But the investment and the knowledge really hits a sweet spot, especially for loyalty. You know, it's like, yes, I might own 700 bottles in my collection, but they're made up of like maybe nine or 10 different brands. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. And those are brands that I've actually had the opportunity to spend time with and, and peek behind the curtain and be like, wow. You know, what you guys are doing here is, you know, this is legitimate. 
Because it, it, the, the issue that's happened in the last five years, and a lot of my listeners will know this, is the spirit demand has gone incredibly high. Uh, 10 years ago, top shelf whiskey sat in a, in a glass case or on the top shelf, and it sat there. And it, depending if it was the holidays or an important birthday or, or a gift for somebody, like nobody, it sat there. And then all of a sudden, whiskey investment as an alternative strategy became a thing. And then everybody was just like, well, I'll, instead of putting money into, you know, my 401k or buying, you know, mutual funds, I'm going to go buy whiskey. So now you go into these stores and it really isn't top shelf anymore. And if it is, it's like 7x, 10x of MSRP because the guy's like, well, I have a, I have a museum now. <laughs> you know, nobody's going to buy it. So the yeah. demand is shot up. And that means that there's new people. So when Block Bar came around and kind of was like, hey, I've got these rare, unique whiskeys. And not only are they rare, they're super limited and they come with experiences. I'm like, I mean, this is uber top shelf. Couldn't agree more. You're, you're putting it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what, I, what I'm trying to explain to my listeners and followers is this takes all the hustle, if I were to say, out of having to get what you want, the end result, a rare and collectible whiskey. You don't have to go like schmooze the liquor store and have you to listen you don't have to, to be, you know. You don't have to meet in the parking lot at 7 a.m. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to follow end. the truck around. You don't have to yeah, follow exactly. the distributor truck around, making sure when the latest, I mean, I was, you know, last week I was, I was talking to your cousin. He was like, how did you find those Blantons? I'm like, dude, I happen to be in a grocery store. And the delivery came in and it was still on the pallet unwrapped and they don't have enough employees to unpack it. So I saw it and I looked around and there was no one. And I just walked in, reached into the box, grabbed two bottles, walked out the door at $69.99 each. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, that doesn't happen very often. But it's no, like <laughs> impossible. And I'm not saying that Blanton is a high, it's just a great whiskey to drink for $70. The stuff that we're selling on Block Bar is next level. And you just don't, it's not easy to find or be there. So I would rather just like wait for the next release to be like, okay, that's what I want. That's what I want. Exactly. That's what I want. Exactly. And like, don't and get because... distracted by the shiny squirrels, you yeah, know, of these other releases that you have to play games with. Yeah. And because you're dealing directly with the brands, you know, you never have to worry about price manipulation. You never have to worry about the retailer who gets that uh, exclusive product who, who then marks it up. Uh, there's a lot more transparency. I think that that's really what this, whole business has brought into this industry because like i was saying earlier it really was very antiquated and opaque the way that it's been done just because everyone involved didn't necessarily have a reason to disrupt how it was going or to innovate uh, and that's that that's why when we came in it was a little bit difficult to pitch the brands but once they understood the value proposition like you're saying it became a no-brainer for them it's it's not a matter of if this is going to happen it's when this is going to happen well, you're also creating another thing, and, and I deal with that in, 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 in my world of you know, working in, in high-end grocery. They want to see somebody else make the decision and see what the result is before they make the decision. And because our success record is just so high, they're like, oh, shit, like, they're getting FOMO now. Well, I want to get on the net. I want to get on. How do I get on the block bar? Yeah, yeah, I'll answer that call now. I saw what you guys did with that brand and that brand. So I kind of like that. You know, like, that's fine. Like, you, you know, when we came out, you know, we sold out of stuff pretty darn quickly, you know, like it was a thing. And now I look at all the amazing brands that we have on the platform. I'm like, it's only going to get better because I'm, I, I know that our team is reaching out fast and furious to like all of those amazing 
high-end brands and the ones that might have had been like you know sitting out in the corner waiting waiting they're like oh well you know what now we're actually silly for not being on there because we're also the other part that i love about what we're building on blockfar is now we have traditional investors and we have these new investors these this new blood of of crypto people who are kind of like hey how do I want to spend my money? Shit, I had no idea that 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 luxury spirits was an asset class. So we're educating them. I mean, we did a we did a chat a few weeks ago with uh, NFT now, and look how excited they were. They're like, "Hey guys, like you know, you want to start moving your money around into an, into another appreciating asset class while we go through whether or not it is crypto winter. It doesn't really matter to me. I like to buy stuff when it's low anyway, so I don't care. But like, we're bringing new people into the channel." for whiskey and luxury spirit investing. Exactly. And that's what it's about. It's about solving problems for existing customers and expanding that customer base. Meaning like we were, like we keep saying, there's a bunch of people who would be interested in this entire world of whiskeys and fine wine and spirits, but they just didn't know about it. They don't have the education about it. There's too many barriers, barriers for entry or they get, they get into it, but they don't do it the right way and they get burned. So it's just a matter of removing the barrier of entries and level the playing fields for everybody, the connoisseurs and, you know, the amateurs. And, and then the education, because I tell people like, you know, growing up in South Africa, you know, you had Johnny Walker Black, you had J&B and you had Johnny Walker Blue for weddings and bar mitzvahs. So I never thought that whiskey <laughs> went over 250 bucks. You know, I was like, and you're like, who would spend that? And now, I, you know, I different i'm an investor i see the big picture I, i'll spend thousands of dollars on bottles because i know the future return on it because what i tell people when you buy something that's aged and vintage and rare that moment can't be duplicated they can't go back 40 years in time and be like hey guys we're putting in whiskey in the barrel for 40 years from now nobody was doing that nobody did it so what we're getting to put up on block for and what we get to educate and sell is a moment in time that's just never going to happen again because when they put whiskey in the barrel 40 years ago that person didn't have a cell phone didn't have an email they went to work monday through friday eight to five they probably had a few drinks at work on friday they probably get to take some whiskey home but it was nothing you know there was no like oh people want aged whiskey people want vintage whiskey i look at it like people they didn't know that people wanted a moment in time that was never going to be duplicated so that's the excitement as well on top of it, of the stuff that we are selling as premium spirits. Yeah. And like you, like you keep saying, it's also about telling that story because a lot of these products are so unique and when they were put in the ground, who put it in the ground, why they did that, what other ingredients they put out, why they took it out at this specific time, each product becomes so unique and it becomes impossible to replicate. And when you're buying something like that, you really want to know the details. Uh, and that's why when you look at our website, uh, we're not built like a regular e-commerce platform where you just see the bottle, you buy it or not. It's each bottle has a story. Each brand has a story that they curate uh, for their customers or for their potential customers to see, interact with, and then ultimately decide if they want to pull trigger on a purchase or not. Hi, you know, I love it. You know, I love you. You know, I love working with everybody. Um, we're going to wrap it up because I think we went well over the 30 minutes, but I'm so excited, man. I, I can't thank you enough, my friend. I really no, can't thank you enough for all the you. cool shit that we get to do because you, you know, you and Dov just kind of, you just create, you know, you, you created Netflix. We're living in the world of Blockbuster. 
and you guys are doing Netflix of, of whiskey. And people, and, and I joke because there's some people like, oh, I don't understand how to do it. And then they're like, uh, uh, I need help getting on the platform. And then, you know, our team will help them get on the platform. Like, it really was that easy, dude. But, you know, it's not as easy as walking into a store, but it actually is. You know, like, exactly. you, you just have just... to wrap your head around it. You have people, to open an just, account. Just I'm just sorry. You have to... nuances. Yeah. yeah, people well, just get scared of the nuances. Of course, of course. But but Gavin, so. seriously, thank you so much for putting this together, for having me, and for continuously working with us. We appreciate you, uh, and we're really excited for what's right. to come. Can't wait. Well, thank you so much again. And listeners, telling you, you better be jumping on Blockbar. And if you need any help, just let us know. We seriously have so much amazing white glove customer service, and it's simpler. But the most... It, the, the the hardest part is is setting up your account. When I say hard, you have to fill out a form. Like that's hard. If that's hard to you, call me. I'll help you. I'll fill it out for you. <laughs> and then you're on. And pick and choose how to pay. You pick how you pay. You want to do a bank wire, credit card. You want to pay in in ETH. Like that's up to you. But like if you can't just fill out the one page form, call me. I'll help you. But you don't want to miss out on this opportunity. You, you're you're si- you're being silly if you are. Anyway. Another great episode. Um, I appreciate you, my friend. And we'll chat soon. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you.